Hello and welcome to IndiePod, an indie games podcast, your weekly source for all the indie games news you need to know. This week we're bringing you three awesome indie games news stories, but before we get into that, I would like to introduce myself, Von Hyde, alongside my illustrious co-host, the biggest of average, Josh Boys. And of course, and I'm not going to ask Big Josh Boy how he is today, because we have a special <laughs> oh, guest. fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't give a shit about how you do it today. We have a special God guest. Damn. Uh, this is like, I guess, not necessarily two years in the making, but it has been almost two years since we've had him on. Mr. Jake Decker from that there GameSpot. How you doing today, Jake? I don't care about you, though, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing pretty well. That was quite the intro. Uh, I could take notes from that with GameSpot After Dark. I just kind of, I don't know. It's it's a mess every time, but that was that was great. Wow, what are you talking about? GameSpot is sure- great. Yeah, everyone enjoys the cadence because you've got that sweet, like, kind of 70s porn music that goes on first, and then you're just like, hello and welcome. I think I think you were the one who pointed that out to me, and now that's all I think of whenever I play that music. I'm like, yes. yep, we got, the, we got the porn music here. That's nice. You got to set people in the mood, you know? I mean, it is after dark, right? Makes yeah, sense. exactly. How are you guys doing? How are you doing, Josh? I want to ask you first. Uh, I, oh, really? Can I go? I don't know if I'm allowed. <laughs> I mean, I'm doing as well as I can in these times. I mean, the world is crazy, but, you know, uh, I still have a job. I uh, am still kicking it just here with my wife in our house with our dog. The dog's doing okay, so things are pretty great. Nice. That's that's fantastic, Josh. I'm glad to hear you once again are doing great. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I am doing great. No thanks to, to you. I <laughs> just... You know what? The Jake's the guest, okay? It's kind of like when your family would come over and your mom would force you out of your room and you're like, why though? Mm. Like, they could sleep on the ground. I don't care about them. That's what just happened, okay? So, uh, making me sleep on the ground. You know, I thought you always offered me your couch and now you're making me sleep on the ground. This is fucked up. Well, you can always have my food town, bro. If you want to move to Idaho, that's fine. Like, I'll do I, that. I never will. Really <laughs> <laughs> So, this is a podcast about indie games. This is probably going to be the first time that, I mean, now, kind of. I don't know. Like, that's the subtitle, so maybe. Well, I guess we should talk about them then. (laughs) Uh, This week, we are kind of in a time constraint because Jake is a very busy man. Mm-hmm. So we are actually going to be formatting this podcast a little bit differently. Instead of talking about what we're playing in the beginning and then going through the news, news cram, God bless the crowd, and our listener questions, instead, we're just going to go right into the news. So our first news story is over on IGN, which this is kind of a weird news story. I mostly just put it here because it does tangentially have to do with indie games, I guess. Um <laughs> This is written by Adam Bankhurst. It's Konami sets up Western triple, uh, triple. I don't even know why I even try to read anymore. Honestly, it doesn't. Uh, you'll make get there sense. one day. I mean, it's only I, been two years, right? I'm so bad at reading on podcasts, like or just reading out loud in general. <laughs> in it's general. just not a skill set. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I read a lot, but not out loud, and I'm terrible at it. So I maybe, feel you. <laughs> maybe you should just start reading out loud. Just be like that crazy person in the middle of your room. Yeah, or like on Bart or something like that on the train. That'd be perfect. Exactly. Just reading like a Civil War, like a book on the Civil War, and it's just like, oh yeah, that'll work perfectly right now. (laughs) For sure, be fantastic. That'll keep that social distancing thing. People won't want to be next to you, so you'll be good. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, that that's a good point. Mm Hmm. 
Anyway, what was the article saying? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Konami sets up Western third-party game publishing division. Uh, so really the reason I wanted to talk about this is Konami, uh, the company behind such games as Metal Gear Solid and Silent Hill, has announced it has launched a third-party publishing unit in the West and that its first game is available now. It's called Skeletac. I have actually followed this game for quite a while because I really liked its hand-drawn art style. Mm -hmm. I think it looked very, very interesting, and the idea of playing a villain who's trying to ward off humans who are, like, trying to, like encroach on their land i thought is really cool it's the same reason i always think nefarious is pretty cool yeah spoiler alert though i haven't played nefarious though so there I you mean, go have you played this one no huh well then it doesn't matter <laughs> well i was gonna say i own nefarious though that's the point uh -oh. is that i stereotypically as myself own this video game but refuse to play it for some odd reason there's too so, many out there that's a good point um the drive toward publishing more titles from Western Studio Jones said, uh, so the focus for the European team is domestic audiences. Obviously, everyone knows Konami. We have studios and teams in Japan. Uh, we have many well-known, well-loved IPs. I love how they say that, but they, like, never fucking do anything with them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a lot easier to say it than actually make a game. <laughs> yep, we were or the kings once. That's all you get. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, later on, they kind of say that they basically are like, yeah, we're going to leave making games up to the people who are making games and instead just focus on the business side of things. And I was like, so what you've been doing? Okay, that's basically the exact same thing. Thank you for that. I mean, um, it's something. I guess it's one step in the right direction. Maybe. I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> I, I honestly don't know. I have to ask, uh, Jake, you being just a seasoned games i guess media personality i don't know how exactly you describe describe your career and what you do but do you think that this might lead to like uh konami possibly like in a sense leasing out their ips similar to a like sega sonic mania kind of a scenario oh man i have no idea i mean i think uh, like at least what the past couple years have shown us is that konami just doesn't really care a lot about its video game ips they're way more interested in like what plinko machines and stuff like that yeah. and it's like, more lucrative I, I mean i guess if they were going to do something like i could see some of those games maybe licensing out the uh the ips like like i feel like there's a lot of people who could pitch a castlevania game to them that would be really good mm -hmm. uh and if they said that they're more interested in the business side i mean hey i guess that makes sense but I don't know. Part of me kind of thinks Konami's just like kind of done, but who knows? This this news is pretty <laughs> this news is pretty exciting though cuz these games seem neat. Uh I don't know I don't know what they're trying to get out of it though. Right. Like this doesn't seem like a doesn't seem like a big return. Like as cool as this game looks, like it that seems like a lot of work. I don't know. I, we'll, we'll have to see what happens. But, yeah, I, I'm curious, but I don't have a lot of faith in Konami anymore. <laughs> I mean, well, the good thing is, like, even though it's, like, you can not have faith in Konami, but they're also doing this in a way where you really don't have to have faith in them. They're just totally. like, all right, someone take a wheel. Like, we're just going to take a nap over here, and if you need us for business stuff, we'll take care of it. Like, which is fine. I think it makes sense, and it, it's one of those things where, like, what do they have to lose? They've sat on these IPs for so long you might as well at least just give it to someone else because you're not making money off of it. So why not give them a shot if it like 
dumpster dives and just gets nothing, then no, well, still no loss on, on, I mean, there's some loss, but like they have the money to spare with all the other areas and they have room to potentially have something great just because of like nostalgia is a huge fucking thing in the gaming community. Like there's, you can't say like with remasters, with remakes, like there's so many people who just want the same thing over again and they could just easily have someone be like, all right, you're a team that knows what you're doing or like that we trust or has interesting ideas to either pull the IP in a different direction or to just remaster what's already out there. Like why not? Yeah. Remake Metal Gear Solid 3. Let's go. I'm waiting for that. <laughs> I think um, Vaughn, both you and I have not played any of the Metal Gears, right? No, I haven't. Huh? Yeah, I haven't either. I still, to this day, have never played a Metal Gear. Something that's, I really want to do. That's mostly all right. <laughs> mostly. <laughs> something I, I really want to do to just fuck with people is just play Metal Gear Survive. Like that's the only one I've ever played. I'm like, yeah, best game ever, of course. Like Metal Gear is just fantastic. Honestly, that would be pretty interesting. I'd be curious to hear someone's thoughts who never played any other Metal Gear because I feel like all the opinions out there about that game are from super fans. So it's like, okay, well, of course you don't like it, but I want to know what someone who's never touched it uh, thinks of it. Um, Hmm. But that being said, I am by no stretch of the imagination a big Metal Gear fan. I just think Metal Gear Solid 3 is really good. (laughs) Good to know. (laughs) I generally love hearing people who like Metal Gear games because they tend to cherry pick the one game they like. They're just like, this one game is good. Just don't, don't like do the rest. But this one is fantastic. So you're pretty much there. You could call yourself a real Metal Gear fan. You really like, like, no, I would never. (laughs) (laughs) You'd never bring that kind of, uh, that kind of rage down on yourself, willingly at least. There's a reputation. I'd have to know everything, and that plot is absurd. I recommend checking out the Donkey video where he goes through the plot of all those games if you don't care, because it is hilarious. <laughs> that would be... Yeah, I've, I've probably got to check it out. I've seen, like, uh, I think it was, like, um, the Metal Gear storyline in 30 seconds or something like that, and it was oh, the, God. Like, the most convoluted thing I've ever heard in my life. They're like, yeah, this kid is this guy's, like, clunk. Why? I don't know. It just happened. Okay. That's cool. Um, You said something along the lines of why exactly Konami is doing something like this. It seems like they're really just doing it to bolster their portfolio, especially in the West. Um, And it seems like this is the easiest way to do so, I would assume. Mostly just because, like, they would have to put... Like, with Skeletac, that game was well into development. It's been being, like, developed for years. And it seems like Konami only kind of came on like in the end as far as i know mm-hmm. um considering this game came out like two weeks ago and they just like announced this like western publishing division so i would assume they came in relatively late in development and then they barely have to like put that much money into actually funding the game and it pops up it's kind of like just a way to bolster their own portfolio which is kind of i guess like a pessimistic way to look at it, but also it's cool. I mean, it just like they're helping indie developers publish their games, so I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, we'll see how long it lasts, but yeah, how many indie games they actually publish? Right. I, I don't know. I like when companies do this. Like they have the uh, EA Originals, and um, mm-hmm. I think it's the the Ubi Art games or something like that, because um, Ubisoft does a similar thing where they like contact like independent pu- independent game developers and have them 
basically develop games for them. So I think this is really cool. Um, I'm wondering like what Konami, like what, what they're asking in return from this, like how large of a cut or possibly like owning the rights to like a certain video game IP similar to how, like from what I understand, um, like play dead, the developers of like limbo, um, they initially went to Sony and to get it published, but Sony wanted the IP rights and they refused. So then they went to Microsoft and Microsoft offered them a deal without the IP rights. They would just fund the game. Hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm wondering Microsoft, yeah, right? I mean, they're just all about the services, all about doing things for people, bro. I know. Yeah, well, let's take stock of where they're at in uh, comparison to how hyped the PS5 conference was versus anything that Xbox has shown. But yeah, I mean, it's nice. Honestly stoked to get to that news story because I have to say, everyone like hardcore joked on the way that the the like monolith looks the xbox series x just looks like a little tower and then the playstation 5 looks like a router it yeah it looks like a router or (laughs) it looks like a clam (laughs) any i always look at that and like always it's been one day but looking at that I, I was like, wow, it's a fucking router. And then I saw it again and I was like, oh, it also looks like those stupid, like, you know, those those dumb cat ear headphones that people wear? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, it just looks like it's wearing one of those on its head. Like, it's so <laughs> ridiculous. And I get the whole, like, we're the future. But I don't know. I hate the box. <laughs> like, the way it looks is just so janky. I can't wait to talk about it until we do. Because is it, like, bent? It for some reason when I looked at the picture it looked bent, like mm. it was like at like a weird angle. I I don't know. We're, we'll have to get to that. But before we do, we have another news story. Uh, this one is actually on Gamespot by James O'Connor. Do you know that guy? Is he your best? I do friend, know James James? O'Connor. He's not my best friend. He's a good. He's a good dude. Oh damn! <laughs> Sorry, James. <laughs> that cut him to the core. I'm I assuming. Know. He'll get over it. He'll get over it. Uh-huh. James, uh, uh, a big boy. <laughs> he writes, Untitled Goose Game developer has donated $20,000 to charities and fundraisers for Black Justice. House House, the developer of 2019's most viral game, Untitled Goose Game, has pledged donations to numerous charities between the U.S. and their home country of Australia in the wake... I just, like, had a pubescent crack. That was kind of awesome. Um, (laughs) In the wake of the murder of George Floyd and subsequent protests that have uh, taken place in the United States, the charities are all focused on black justice and legal rights. House House has donated $10,000 to an initiative hosted by Act Blue that splits donations between over 70 bail funds around the U.S. Uh, And this is a quote, complete solidarity with everyone across the u.s protesting against systemic white supremacy in the face of police violence the tweet reads abolish cops black lives matter Hmm. um and it seems like the so i just to just to i guess go over this real quickly uh in addition to that ten thousand dollars that they gave to that specific charity they also are doing ten thousand dollars to a charity housed seemingly in australia split between uh australian charities and fundraisers fundraisers in recognition of the white supremacy committed okay i have to ask am i just 
am I reading that wrong? The white supremacy committed against the country's aboriginal population? Is that weird to anybody else or is that just weird to me? Um, no, they're saying like the the acts of um, those who are uh, believing that they are a higher authority because of their skin color or their race against the country's um, like actual originating people. Okay, yeah, I I kind of figured. I don't know why I was. It's, reading it's it a so weird, weird sentence because it sounds like it's saying recognizing white supremacists and giving money to them, but it's like it, it's the the act against those that was from the white supremacists that they're trying to like bring recognition to and be like this shouldn't happen we're giving money to stop this kind of mindset yeah the the sentence seems backwards to me but I, <laughs> it, yeah it, it, it comes off a little weird man now james and you are even worse friends dude he's I like know. i don't even like you anymore i, I heard that I stole small turnips on his island too damn can you kick guys. somebody off your like animal crossing island well, you can only do it like once. It's like a one-time thing to go there each time. So you have to open that gate, right? Yeah, he 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 like opened the gate, and then I flew to his island and sold turnips to make a profit, and flew back. It's a couple weeks ago. Hmm. Well, you, a lot of money. You got a lot of money. Stuff. You don't need them now, right? <laughs> you got exactly. what you needed. Just burning that bridge. You're like, I can't come back. So like, <laughs> let's just let's just talk shit. <laughs> Whatever, dude. Um, uh yeah against the aboriginal population uh reparations have never been provided to australia's indigenous population for the atrocities committed against them and land rights were never ceded uh this is actually in addition to something that house house had done before uh specifically the development uh was already what yeah the the development was already a support of the play pay the rent initiative having pledged one percent of all future income to indigenous charities mm-hmm. uh and i think when that news officially broke um i actually kind of liked the way that house house went about it because they like they were recognizing that their office and like everything they have was built on land that was basically stolen from these indigenous peoples right and i i thought that was a great recognition back then when they did that and i think it's pretty awesome that they're continuing to show this charitable spirit um yeah how do you guys feel about it (laughs) (laughs) do you want to go jake uh yeah i mean i i think it's great um that they're doing something like that especially you know they clearly made a lot of money off that game (laughs) uh it blew up uh so it's cool that they're giving some of it back i don't know how much i don't know how much that game made or how much copies it sold but i imagine Uh, they're rolling in dough i feel like twenty thousand dollars probably ain't much for them (laughs) (laughs) but that being said like that's still that's still a hefty uh sum of money and i hope it helped it goes to those who need it yeah i mean even though like they sold a ton of copies but i think there's also something to say about you know uh, how much probably went into it and how much they had to pay the people just because they're a much smaller team so like i i don't know that honestly that twenty thousand might be a big chunk uh granted i'm sure they know what they're doing and they're not just like let's give all our money away but at the same point i'm sure it's still like a good piece of the pie and it's also better than nothing i mean like it's still great that they as an an organization or as a company a team are like hey we got to do at least something so this is what we can do to help out 
Um, but no, I, I mean, I really like that, that house house are, are keeping up with this. It does make me wonder, I guess, like they are giving a lot of different charities. I just hope they're not being, like I said, you know, uh, bad with their accounting books as to what they can give away, but I'm sure they're smarter than that. Um, I haven't played untitled goose game. How much does it cost? Is it $20, 25? It was, yeah, it was in that range. I remember because there was a lot of people who, who were kind of sour about the price point of it for the length of the game. Cause it's a relatively short game. It's only about a five hour game. And I believe Not it's even. like, uh, well, yeah, I mean, there's, there's extra things to do afterwards that I think can get to like the five hour range. But yeah, if you really just like fly through it, it's more of like a three hour, um, but. So the game uh, looks like it sells for about nineteen ninety nine, and December thirty first, twenty nineteen, it was reported that Untitled Goose Game had sold over one million copies. Mm-hmm. So I would assume they've sold quite a bit more by now. Um, well, I guess I I don't know. It's possible that with the sale of like big games or uh, with the emergence of big games like Animal Crossing and stuff like that, people ended up like not buying as many copies. But I. It seems like they made a large chunk of change. Right. And I'm I'm not saying that to like discourage them like oh they didn't give enough, which I think is so weird that people say. Um <laughs> but but I I think it's amazing that they gave at all. It's fantastic. Right. I love that like we live in a world where independent game developers like they go from possibly like essentially living on food stamps to then having enough money to give $20,000 away to charities. I think that's absolutely amazing. Um, Especially because the, the charities that they're giving to are so worthwhile. Like they, they aren't being, I mean, there isn't this like massive outcry to help the indigenous peoples of Australia, at least not around the world. So it's not necessarily like a big PR move, like how Mm -hmm. people would criticize, how people are criticizing a lot of companies right now for speaking up uh, with the Black Lives Matter movement, which I also think is dumb, but um, not that they're speaking up that people are criticizing them for it. But yeah, I think it's awesome because they don't have to do any of this and they are anyway. Uh, So... Time to get to the real, I guess, meat and potatoes of this episode. Our last news story is over on PlayStation Blog. Um, I It's written by Sid Schumann. I'm hoping and I got that right. You I did. I don't know. Okay, there you go. Wow, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> I finally pronounced a single person's name correctly. That's fantastic. Uh, this is PlayStation 5 Showcase Recap, Everything You Need to Know. So I think... Jake, are you the only one out of the three of us who actually watch it considering it's your job? <laughs> so I I watched as much as I could, but I was making thumbnails for videos as we were watching it. So I wasn't mm-hmm. able to like sit down and fully focus on it. Um, so I got to go back and watch a lot of those trailers again that I'm interested in. But I know for the most part what happened. Also, just to point out, I think the reason why you said it looked lopsided is because there's a version with a disk drive and there's one that isn't. And yeah. I think Ew! the one with the disk drive is a little lopsided because it like sticks it's, out on the side. It's just got like a tumor on the side of it. I know. It, it, it's it's a bit strange. It's lumpy. Yeah. What is going on? I think they're really trying to push like the digital one with that just because the design seems like it was almost an afterthought. And they were like, oh, shit, where does the yeah, CD wait, go? People still use CD drives. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I, I want to ask you real quick. You mentioned having to make like thumbnails while you're watching or not having to, but making thumbnails. How 
how like much more difficult is your job now that you have to do so from home? Uh, it's interesting. There's some things that are much more difficult and there are other things that are a lot easier. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would say just coordination in general is a lot harder when you can't sit in a room of people or like turn to the person next to you and tell them something. Uh, that being said, like not having to commute to work, you know, is, is nice. That frees up two and a half hours a day. Ugh. Jeez. Oh my uh, God. Yeah. Uh, so that's super nice. Um, and like, there are some things that seem to go a lot smoother. One issue is trying to transfer footage from one person to the other, because like, you know, if I'm the only one who gets access to a 30 hour game and I capture 30 hours of it and I try to get that to someone else, that could take a very long time mm -hmm. as opposed to me just putting it on a drive and handing it to someone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's probably been the biggest challenge, but honestly, for the most part, it's going smooth, smoother than I expected. Let's take a wild tangent. How do you stay fit? <laughs> uh, I wake up early and exercise. <laughs> it's actually a lot easier to do that too. Now that I don't have to commute in the morning. Oh, damn. What do you, what do you, you do? Just... Do you have like a set of weights at your house? How do you, how do you... uh, I do I do a hundred push ups, a hundred squats, and a hundred sit ups. Oh man, he's going for that one punch, man. I know. <laughs> Fucking yeah. exercise. It's it, it's a three hundred. You try to you pick three exercises, you do a hundred reps of each, do them as fast as you can. Uh and that's pretty much it. It's not nearly enough, but like <laughs> in terms like I don't do cardio, which is probably way more important. But eh, it depends. Depends on what you're trying to do. All right, just a wild tangent because I, I don't know. I've been thinking about that the other day because, like, I've been doing just ring fit. Like, literally, that's that's what I had to amount to because I used to go to the gym, like, every other day. And so now I'm like, okay, well, what do I do? And ring fit's the only thing I have. So I've just been living off that, and I'm finally getting to the point where I'm like, all right, I've spent three months of playing ring fit. I really want something different. <laughs> <laughs> I played it once. I got it and played it once, like, months ago and haven't touched it. I feel bad. Well, I, so I'm not even playing it like the actual ring fit game part. I literally only play it to do the custom workout modes and the rhythm game that they came out with. The rhythm game is fucking great. I love it. Okay. Yeah. But I, I'm a sucker for rhythm games. So yeah, if there's two things that Josh is a fan of, it's you rhythm shut games up? and card you games. He's cards. a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to just like have to roll there's a review it. on parallax. That's a card game. Usually it's you, huh? That makes sense. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and then he tries to tell me he doesn't like card games. Okay. All right. What? All right. Fine. Fine. I like card games. All right. But I like specific <laughs> card games. It's different. They're not just card games. They're card games with, with extra twist. steps. It's got to have a twist. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, before we get off the topic of physical perfection, Jake, do you have a six pack? Do you have six pack no. abs? No? Unfortunately. You don't Maybe just want to day. mislead the world, like basically catfish everyone. You're just like yeah. the the hundreds of listeners we have. You don't just want to be like, yeah, I've got six pack abs. Be be appreciative of that. I'm just so fit. I guess um, I could, but I've already ruined it by immediately responding. No, no, don't you worry, to, dude. I'll cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> he's just trying to be modest. He's doing hundred crunches every day. He's fucking ripped. <laughs> <laughs> you want to do a second take where you're just like yeah dude i lather these bad boys up in the shower every day <laughs> no i think i'm good i'll leave All it right. at that nice man i was just 
golden opportunity to totally just pull the wool over thousands of people's eyes. Uh, so, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just increasing the number gradually. I'm going to say millions in a second. We're getting so many listeners by the about. second. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> yeah, we got Jake here. He's got six-pack abs. He's going to bring everybody in. So I'm bring oh, nice. a million, a million listeners too. Just wait. Nice. Oh wow, we can't wait. Anyway, thank you so much. <laughs> so the PlayStation Five event. Um, how, what did you think about it, Jake? You're like I said, I think you're. Josh, did you watch it? Yeah, I watched uh, parts of it because kind of like Jake, uh, I have a job where I'm doing stuff. <laughs> it kind of kind of felt like I was throwing there, you just, under the bus. I but, have uh, a job. <laughs> But un- unlike Jake, I don't have a job that's in the game industry, so I am not at the liberty to just watch it uh, whenever I want because they're not like, hey, you need to talk about this or do something about it. So I got little snippets of it afterwards um, and kind of just like perused through their YouTube afterwards because they were just uploading a bunch of the videos. So I just watched a bunch of the ones that I even cared about anyway. Honestly, there's one of them that I'm so absolutely excited. So Josh kind of like popped this on me. He's like, hey, we should talk about this instead of this uh, arguably hilarious sexual story, okay, that we could have been talking about. But instead, we're going to be talking about PlayStation 5 and how it looks like a clam. Um, But one of the games that actually really stood out to me is, I'm going to be honest, is it Okay, when it was initially announced, it was called Solar Ash Kingdom by Heart Machine. It mm-hmm. was the, like, the, not, I don't want to say sequel, but it was the game coming after Hyperlight Drifter. But now it just says Solar Ash on this. Did they change the name? Am I, like, out of the loop there? I guess mm-hmm. I could look it up, huh? I mean, it still has it as Solar Ash Kingdom on the Epic Store page. So Man, dude. I don't know. This guy on PlayStation blog that has freaking Dr. Manhattan as his picture, totally wrong. 100% wrong. I mean, he doesn't even have a good picture of Dr. Manhattan that shows his long dong, okay? So many things to judge this guy for. Is it is it supposed to be Solar Ash colon Kingdom, or is it Solar Ash Kingdom? Uh, uh, it seems like Solar Ash Kingdom, just okay. no colon or no anything colon. like that. I don't know. Interesting. I don't know. The true mystery that we'll never be able to solve. What are you going to do? I guess I should just watch the trailer, you know? Probably. Just do it again. Uh, so what did you, uh, Jake, think about the like indie games shown in the PlayStation 5 event and just the, the PlayStation 5 event as a whole? Uh, I mean, as a whole, I guess I'll start with that. I thought it was pretty good. Like There were a lot of cool games. A lot of the games I'm most excited for are also going to come to other platforms including pc which is where i'll probably play them mm-hmm. like resident evil i think is is the one that the triple a game that i'm most excited for from that um in terms of like the indies that we saw i also thought solar ash looked really cool solar ash kingdom uh <laughs> partly just because i heart machine i saw heart machine i really like hyper light drifter uh and i had not heard of that game at this point uh so i, I was excited to see that and then uh house marks next game two was shown which i don't know if that's considered an indie or a first party now i don't i don't know if sony bought them uh but i mean if you guys remember the playstation 4 the best launch game on playstation 4 was house marks rezogun i think you mean knack well <laughs> knack, knack is a close second <laughs> man no knack 3 that was a bummer i, I was know. expecting a knack 3 like i thought for sure just 
I don't know. Xbox One. Yeah, maybe maybe, Na- maybe Nack has a home on Xbox One. Oh, that would be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but then, micro- like a Microsoft Studio actually does Nack well, and everybody's like, "What? The- what?" Yeah, they uh, they just make Nack, and they uh, basically use the team that worked on uh, Banjo and Kazooie, and they just make it a great platformer. Maybe I'd be up for that. I mean, yeah, I guess. I mean, I probably wouldn't be. I still probably wouldn't play. <laughs> Everyone would still think of Knack, so there's no way. But yeah. I just still think it would be funny. That game Bug Snacks that they showed. That, that looks so game. cool. So it fucking weird. Very strange. That trailer, I was like, like double had to give it a double take. I was like, what am I watching? Like strawberry bugs, weird music. Like it was so strange. I just could love, be interesting though. I love fun. the googly eyes for the entire thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I guess I'll go. Uh, so. The best part about like the PS5 for me really was just getting to see that Ratchet and Clank were getting more of that because I'm a huge Ratchet and Clank fan. Um, honestly, I I don't think like from what was shown and and in general, I don't think PS5 will be something I really pick up for quite a while just because the same thing that you said. A lot of these games are going to be on PC anyway, and so I'll probably just play it there. Um, but you know. It's cool. Uh, I'll get it when it goes on sale or depending on how much the digital version version is because like some of the prices that have been rumored are uh, pretty high and I'm like not really ready to spend $500 on even the lower tier of PS5. Um, but regardless, uh, I think from an indie perspective, Bug Snacks was definitely one of my favorites just because of how goofy it was and because it's from the developers who made Octodad, which is also ridiculous, um, but in a good way. Uh, Oddworld is interesting, even though I'm, I haven't played a lot of Oddworld games, um, but I know that there's a big you know, following for this series, so I kind of want to see what this, that turns into. And then the other one was uh, Kena, Bridge of the Spirits. It kind of looks like a weird, like, Legend of Korra, um, but, like, action-adventure game um, mixed with... Oh, what was the other game that I was thinking? Or the other one wasn't a game, but there, it's mixed with uh, some kind of game that, that looked very familiar. I can't think of it right now, but it looked interesting. The art style to it looks really nice. And, uh, I don't know, it just looked kind of weird with the little, like, cutesy forest animals or whatever the hell they were i don't even know um but yeah those are probably the ones that i i saw that i was like oh these look interesting i i'm so sad that i hadn't like i haven't been able to watch the actual like the the reveal event um because i also work today okay i'm gonna throw that out there i do have a job and (laughs) but sadly (laughs) i have to leave my house to do it so there's that um but i didn't get to see like anything from it and i'm so excited to like look at any new footage for like solar ash kingdom solar ash however they want to say it uh the pathless we've only seen i think like one trailer for that beforehand Mm -hmm. and i thought it looked awesome um, I loved the, like, I believe it had a really cool sliding mechanic and the art style looked really, really cool. I, uh, like you said, the Kana game, I was just looking up some like screenshots and stuff from it. It looks pretty interesting. So it looks like 
there's some promising stuff happening, um, at least within like the next generation of consoles. Could you guys elaborate for me? You said something about like $500. How much is the price point for this? They haven't, they haven't actually revealed it, but there are just rumors going around based on like, um, someone found a UK Amazon listing that was like 599 UK money, which is like 700, uh, US dollars. So like, I'm assuming that that would be the high tier one. And then uh, I would assume the digital version would be like a hundred or so $150 downgraded from that. So like somewhere in the 500 range, granted these are rumors, but like, if that's the case, there's no way that's going to be a day one purchase for me. Yeah. I think I saw the 599 rumor as well. And I was like, you think, I mean, cause Sony's already done this, right? They tried to release the PlayStation three at $600 and that, that they started off that generation at a loss because of that. And they pretty much beat out Microsoft. I would say one of the big reasons they beat out Microsoft last generation is because they were coming out of the gate 400 or a hundred dollars cheaper. Yeah. So it just seems so strange that if these rumors are true, that they are I thinking mean, about pricing it that high. Cause that's kind of wild. Yeah. Uh, Cause I honestly think like that's how you get a strong start to a generation is by being the console that costs less. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, hubris has always been the downfall of each generation. Like, it's always one of them gets cocky and confident and makes totally. a decision that totally bites them in the ass. And then it goes to, like, well, I guess it's Sony's turn this this year, like, this generation. Just It's, it's constantly been a back and forth. I honestly want to see because I don't know, like... Going years back, I guess, and I was younger then, so I don't really remember as much, but like thinking about the 360 popularity and where PS4 is now, like I feel like the PS4 is much more popular than the 360 ever was. So I think it's going to be oh, hard. Yeah. It's going to be harder to dethrone PlayStation, but like, granted, if they, and this is probably why I, Xbox is coming out with a, a another conference and I highly doubt they'll put a price point until they see anything from PlayStation because I know they're probably going to play that game where the minute we find out anything, Xbox is going to say like, all right, let's take a cut. Whatever's lower than PlayStation, let's go with that. This is such a weird like standoff that Sony and Microsoft are like doing right now because both of them are trying to do that same thing mm-hmm. where they're like, I'm pretty sure Sony has explicitly said that they are waiting to hear like a price point for the most part. I mean, they even said, I think they went as far to say like they will not delay unless Microsoft delays. And then they will because of the coronavirus. So like they, they just have this super weird scenario going on right now where neither of them wants to actually say something because each of them wants to get off on the right foot. I, I don't think, I think $600 would be such a bad idea. I, I don't understand it because then you'd see all of the memes come back up where it's like, oh, yeah, you'll just get a second job to pay for your video game console. <laughs> I, yeah. I I think both will land at about $500. Like, I think 600 is – I think Sony knows that. Like, part of me – this is my conspiracy brain is I wonder if Sony, like, purposefully <laughs> put out that rumor and was like, all right, let's just gauge this and see what people think. And then everyone freaks out and they're like, all right, all right, we're not going to do that for sure. We're going to – we're going to lower it, but that's, right. that's probably not true. But every now and then my head goes there. Uh, but I, I have a feeling 500 is going to be like the high end versions of these new consoles, because I can't imagine them trying 600 again. Like I, I feel like they just learned their lesson. Yeah. Hopefully. I mean, it's also hard because like 
you think about it and 500, $600 is a lot different from what that meant back when the PS3 was launching versus what yep. it means now. So it, it's, it's also at the same point, like I understand why they would have to say like, well, it kind of needs to be 500 or 600 because like technology is becoming, although much more faster and more, uh, you know, creative, it's also more expensive and there's more things that they need to do to make it run faster and to keep up with the speeds of, you know, what they're, they're promising. So I get it. But I also think that a lot of people are just the gaming community in general is just stuck in their ways. It's the same reason why games are still like that $60 price point. And then the developers have to give all these weird collector's editions and DLC because they're like, we need to make more money than this. Yeah. I mean, and I feel like you also have to take into account that this is releasing at the end of a pandemic. Like, I mean, hopefully. It's releasing at the end of a year where a pandemic has struck. So being like, yeah, 600 bucks, like, that's... I, I feel like that would put a massive dent in what people have, where I don't know why, but $500 seems a little bit more reasonable. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But that's so a good I, point. I, I don't know what's going to happen. $499 you can't say you're spending half of a thousand dollars. That's so true. Yeah. yeah. I forgot that they do the 99 thing to make it seem like yep. so much less, even though yeah. like with tax, you're going to end up spending like over, over $500. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody expects the tax. Can we talk about this design real quick? It looks so dumb. I'm sorry. Like, I'm I'm not going to, like, really goof on it because I think, like, hey, it does look kind of interesting. But I would honestly, I so wish that they would have just released that really stupid-looking dev kit, like, oh, that was yeah. going around that looked kind of like a boomerang. It was so dumb-looking, and I would have just loved it. Whereas this is, like, it's like a mix between super dumb and, like, okay, you kind of got it. Also, does it have, like, a beveled-in PlayStation logo on the left side? Yeah. Is that, like... Yeah, it's a little PlayStation logo on the side there. No, I mean, is it, like, cut out, though? Uh, I don't know. Oh, It kind of just looks like it's imprinted on it. Weird. I don't don't know why having a hole in it would be so weird to me, but... Yeah, also, (laughs) it seems like they're releasing a new, like, version of the PlayStation Gold headset and the camera... Which I actually think, like, I like the new PlayStation camera. I think it looks kind of cool. It's much more, it's, like, much smaller. It's not that larger bar. And the PlayStation Golds look a little bit more sleek. They're also a little bit smaller. Um, I, like, have a pair of the PlayStation Golds, the ones that came out the PS4. They're pretty dope. Uh, but I like that headset a lot, even though I don't mm. use headsets. I'm, I, I think the headset will be interesting, too, just because I know, based on the interviews and stuff uh that they're putting a lot of effort into sound design and how sounds are going to work in this new console so i wonder if that new headset is going to be pretty important like if you really want to hear the details mm-hmm. and like all the work that's gone into sound design and whatnot so, so i'm curious to see like i guess the specs on that headset right I mean, and also that, like, brings up an interesting discussion about, like, them focusing on how they have, like, kind of haptic feedback in the controller where they have tensions in your uh, triggers to show, like, oh, you're, you're like, on gravel versus you're on grass and, like, this is what it feels like to pull back a bow and how you're talking about, like, sound design. 
I wonder how much more these peripherals are going to cost. Like how much, how much more controllers are going to cost and these headsets. Cause the PlayStation gold headset, I believe the cheaper end of it without like the 20th anniversary of PlayStation and everything is a hundred dollars just for the headset. Mm-hmm. So I wonder how much more that one is possibly going to cost and the controller itself, the dual sense, do you think it's going to increase in price from the like $60 you'd have to spend on a DualShock 4 to like 80 more? Yeah. I I would assume it's going to be something where like around the 80 range. I don't I, I can't see them not with all of the different features that are coming through um just because it's new technology. Like I'm sure at some point it will lower down to what we know now is like the normal like $60 range, but like I would be surprised if they came out with controllers that were for the PS5 that were the exact same price as the DualSense. Because I'm assuming these will end up working for, like, I wonder if they will be backwards compatible, like if a PS5 will work for a PS4, vice versa. I don't know. They did, they do, like, a small amount of, like, backwards compatibility with the controllers from PS4 on PS3, mm-hmm. but it doesn't include, like, I, I don't want to say, like, all the features, but, like, you can't click the PlayStation button to actually pull up the, like, um, the, like, dashboard and everything. It pretty much only allows you to use the, like, face buttons, basically what you need to play a game, but you can't exit it like you would with a DualShock 3 um as far as i know like the last time i tried to play using my playstation 4 controller it was kind of weird um Hmm. but i was a fan of the ps3 controller and i'm very very few people enjoy that controller who knows i'm surprised that they haven't like released a ps3 controller that works for ps4s you know because i feel like there are a lot of people who are a fan of that controller and would pay to be able to play their games with like a classic controller and also it'd be so much cheaper i would assume because the controller has far less in it like i would honestly buy like a ps3 controller because it would probably like the battery in it i imagine would last like a thousand times longer because it doesn't have the touchpad or the um the like light bar in the front but that's also like i imagine they wouldn't release a peripheral like that because like days gone you have to use the touchpad that's how the like um the inventory and like the menu management works and i believe the light bar is used in some small way for playstation or for psvr so mm-hmm. i don't really know i think peripherals are so cool like the the accessories that come with consoles are so interesting i'm excited to see what like sony puts out like what's up with that remote they had just like a random remote that looks like a universal remote. I I wonder what exactly that's used for, I guess. Because um, I know, like, they've done things like that before, but I don't really know. I think it's cool. Um, So, we, <laughs> we got through all of our news stories. Jake, do you need to hop off? I do, unfortunately. I've got to get back to work. Boo. Yeah, you're totally fine, dude. Thank you so much for coming on. You offered some great insight to the PlayStation 5 event that I obviously couldn't. <laughs> uh, well thank you guys for having me it's it's always a pleasure next time i will uh make sure i'm not you know it's not e3 but also <laughs> not e3 time going on right now 
Yeah, it's kind Probably of a bad time. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. You're always welcome on. It's all good, though. It's, it's fun. It's good talking to you guys. <laughs> Before you go, I do have to ask you one last question. Um, I Okay, this is going out on Friday. Is Play For All still going to be going on? How long is that going to last? Yeah, Play For All is it's six weeks in total. We're oh, about to wrap up week two. Uh, so we're going to keep going. Basically, we are streaming monday through friday we have different guests on different people in the industry uh we're doing fun things like trivia we're also doing you know we opened with an interview with uh tim sweeney Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of different stuff that we're doing and all of it goes to charity um we have donations open for both black lives matter and covid relief uh so if you're enjoying the content and 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 you want to support either of those causes there's links there to help with that um and then Plus, we have a bunch of like really cool developer interviews from games that you'll see in the coming weeks, or games that have already been announced that we're going to like, you know, dig a little deeper in with the developers. So those are definitely stuff to look forward to. Um, but yeah, there's a lot going on. It's going to be a busy four more weeks for me <laughs> <laughs> and all of us at Gamespot, frankly. Yeah. Good luck, buddy. <laughs> all right. Thank you, guys. Yeah, see ya. Thanks for coming on. I'm just going to let him slowly fade out. I, <laughs> I know. I, I, don't like, know. Yeah. I don't know if he's still on. <laughs> I'm still here. I hit oh. it call. It didn't work. Do you want me to stop recording? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. You could, you you could st- right. stop recording, and then you just send it to me. Um, Josh, will you give him my email? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll send it over. Okay. I'll be the cool. secretary. <laughs> oh my god. That shit's that so long. So funny. I hope you keep this <laughs> in. <laughs> He's like, uh, I clicked and call, but it didn't work. <laughs> I love how then mid sentence he was just about to say something, it drops. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh man. That was great. Always good to have Jake. Okay. On. Yeah, he's fantastic. Also, before I forget, make sure to listen to After Dark, GameSpot After Dark. Um, I don't know why you'd have some sort of vendetta against GameSpot, but they're absolutely fantastic people, and I adore GameSpot After Dark. I think it's a great podcast. I love their cadence. um, Their last one was really good, too. The last one was was more on kind of a discussion of the whole Black Lives Matter uh, issue that's going on right now in the world. Yeah. not issue as in it's an issue, but issue as in people aren't respecting people of color. But um, it was just a bunch of the people from GameSpot talking about like their experiences. And it was honestly really just insightful to see um, just people's perspective on it. Um, so I definitely recommend it. Uh, that one's a little more deep, I would say, than their normal goofy selves. But in general, they have a great show. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I just listened to that, I believe, like, a couple days ago. I, I really enjoyed it, yeah. um, especially because it was, like, like they only had people of color on. They had, like, yep. uh, Tamar Hussein. They had uh, Michael Hyam. I honestly, I don't, like, the, the other two were, like, editors and stuff like that, and they don't, like, the only GameSpot content, like, I consume a lot of is really GameSpot After Dark. I watch some of their video content because they make some really cool stuff. Um, I mean, you butchered, I, you butchered one of their names because uh, we read an article that he wrote 
I think it was like a week before that <laughs> podcast episode. I was like, oh, that's how you say his name. But I don't remember it now. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I'm glad. Uh, but it's time we get into news. Cram, 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 cram. Figured Ooh. I'd go with some Final Fantasy. It's kind of PlayStation-esque, you know, because Square Enix has that like tight relationship with them. And since they just did that conference, you know. Kind I of. mean, also, Jake is a big fan of not only anime, but, um, <laughs> like, JRPGs, so... I mean, he does see seem to now like can... a lot of JRPGs, even though he's not uh, not a big anime boy. I, I'm i just gonna, like, now I can goof on him as much as I want, because he's not here to defend himself, you mm, know? That's what you get for leaving like... early. <laughs> Uh, News Cram is our weekly wrap-up segment where we, the hosts of IndiePod and Indie Games Podcast, cramming full of all sorts of indie games news. This week, we do not have any quick news stories, but we do have a new deal in Quick Steel for you and a whole lot of new stuff. So, our first and only deal for this week comes by way of Polygon, where it's reported that over on itch.io, you can get upwards of 740 games for a minimum of $5, Crazy. with the proceeds going to the NAACP Legal Defense and Education Fund and the Community Bail Fund. If you have the extra money and you want to help a good cause, you can also increase the amount given to however high you'd like, but of course, the, the $5 is the minimum, it's the entry fee, so hop over there do that there's some awesome games in there like they have uh night in the woods celeste uh, like all they're all amazing games i definitely recommend doing so i do have to ask like you have you ever bought anything off itch.io um no i don't think i have actually um i think i've gotten like like i've gotten like free demos and things like that but not like actually bought something from it yeah, the reason I ask is because, like, you've, you've been playing PC games a lot longer than I have, so yeah. I wanted to ask you, I want to buy this bundle really badly, but I don't know how exactly it works because they don't give you Steam codes for it, from what I understand, so is it kind of like old-school PC games, like you're not buying it through a launcher or anything? You yeah, just, it's like, probably DRM-free, so it's just the actual, like, the, the game comes with its own launcher interesting oh okay so it's similar to like if i was to buy a game off like gog since they're drm for you it would be the same thing yeah so it's it's essentially you're buying an executable that is able to open up the program itself rather than having it stored inside steam to like what you're losing from doing things like that is if it's not a server that's based just for you know that specific game you might lose certain features that you would with steam um i haven't really looked into this bundle as much other than knowing that it's a crazy deal um and it's something that people should probably pick up but i haven't looked into the details of it so i don't know if that's the case but if it is drm free it's just basically an executable that you open on your computer and you don't need a third-party service like steam or like the epic game store to house that collection of games well, there you go. Head over to itch.io. I imagine they're like hawking this like no other. I've seen it basically everywhere. Like every news site has talked about it. Right. Like every gaming personality has I talked mean, about it. Nuts. I love it. Like it's a good friggin' deal. <laughs> good. This is an amazing deal. It's thousands of dollars worth of games for the minimum of five dollars. Like you can always do more. Like I said, I, I think I planned on doing like 15 or $20. I mean, I, I would like to give more, but I don't exactly have a lot of money, especially because it's Corona time. So like, you know, shit's going down, but 
Um, if you have the extra money, hop over there. Uh, help support a good cause. My favorite take on this was Blessing Adeoye Jr., where he was like, there's some guy out there that's super racist and wants to buy all these games, uh, like wants this amazing deal of $5 for like 740 games, but can't quite. Like he's having some sort of existential crisis over it. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Blessing is just like bombing people on Twitter. It's so funny. That was obviously not a specific person, but honest some <laughs> new stuff. <laughs> Our first six items in new stuff come by way of Nintendo Life, where it's reported that monster taming game Nexomon Extinction by Vivo Interactive Inc. just revealed all nine starters, yet sadly, we haven't heard anything on a possible release slash early access date. That sports game Super Soccer Blast by Unfinished Pixel is headed to the Nintendo Switch on June 19th. That's ah, bleh, Bomberman-esque Pon, uh, Bomberman-esque game Ponpu by Purple Tree Studio is headed to the Nintendo Switch, Xbox One, PlayStation 4, and PC sometime this fall. That action roguelike game Neon Abyss by Vivo Games is headed to the Nintendo Switch and PC on July 14th. That roguelike RPG Dungeons Tier Plus by Daniel Fernandez Chavez is now available on Nintendo Switch, places for Xbox One, and the PS Vita. And that turn-based strategy game, I, I literally have no idea how to say this name, Inculinati. Boom. I think I nailed it. <laughs> By, <laughs> by Yaza Games is headed to the Nintendo Switch and PC sometime in 2021. Now over to Polygon where it's reported that horror game Devotion by Red Candle Games is getting a physical release in Taiwan with pre-orders going live on June 8th and running through June 15th. I, I, I wanted to include that just in case we have any like Taiwanese listeners or possibly if somebody after the release of this wants to import it. There you go you know it's out there in the wild Um, i mean we do have that one listener from australia so who knows man (laughs) at least the one i mean you don't like i i have to say megaphones analytics aren't fantastic it's not like on like podbean and stuff where you can see exactly where people are listening from like their address that's creepy uh yeah dude i'm just about to dox all of our listeners (laughs) didn't you know that definitely a joke Uh, now over on Twinfinite, where it's reported that action roguelike game Wizard of Legend by Contingent 99 is getting a limited physical release through limited run games with pre-orders going live on June 12th, and that action adventure game Oceanhorn 2 by Corn Fox and Bros is re-releasing with the Gold Edition, which promises enhanced graphics, improved level design, and more. Uh, now over on IGN, where it's reported that deck building roguelike game Slay the Spire by Megacrit Games is now available on ios devices and to round out the group over on gamespot it's reported that action rpg crosscode by radical fish games is headed to the playstation 4 xbox one and nintendo switch on july 8th that puzzle game hidden folks by adrian dijon i believe and sylvian tegrog maybe just received some free dlc names I feel like I got the one, but the other one, so hard. It was way harder than I wanted to put effort into. Uh, Free DLC, including six new music-themed areas. However, the game's base price has increased to $12.99, and the visual novel, if found, dot, 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 
<laughs> by Dreamfeel just received an update that looks to fix multiple bugs as well as tweak the script. So, Big Josh Boy, we've been blessed with so many, many amazing in-game many news games. stories. <laughs> uh, that I think it's about time we get back to the creators in our next segment, God Bless the Crowd. This is where the biggest of average Josh Boys hops into all sorts of crowdfunding sites mainly kickstarter and finds an awesome <laughs> indie game for us to talk about this week we're going to be talking about the last faith a dark gothic metroidvania discover the secrets of a descendant world maybe i guess where an ancient religion is the law face horrific beasts to subvert an a motherfucker hidden. and hidden prophecy yeah subvert and not. hidden prophecy that's not uh, nope that's not how you write that a hidden prophecy uh, this developer, which is Kumi Soul Games, Souls Games, um, was originally looking for $57,096. They are currently at $189,229 uh, with 2,864 backers and seven days left to go. They have blown past so many of their stretch goals. Uh, they got it funded. They got a boss-only mode funded. They got extra buff powers on weapons. I don't know what that means, but they got it funded. <laughs> New Game Plus, Tower of Despair, <laughs> Survival Mode, Pixel Art Animated Cutscenes, super cool. I'm into that. Um, extra multi-ending stories, all of that funded and the game to get in at the entry level and get the game, of course, um, is I, I hate that they have two tiers without the game. Um, it's $28, which gets you the game on steam or switch or PlayStation four or Xbox one. I read that directly from their thing. I find it so odd that they didn't just use commas, um, a digital wallpaper and your name in the game's credits. Ugh, I really hate that they did $6. Thanks from the team. And then $11. Your name in the credits and a digital wallpaper. And then if you give $28, you can have the game. That's cool. You also get thanks and digital wallpaper and or your name in the game's credits. <laughs> uh, what do you think about the Lost Faith or Last Faith, Big Josh Boy? I mean, if you like Castlevania, you're going to love it. That's pretty you much Castlevania. I kind of like fucked up. I don't know what happened with my voice, but I just leaned into it, and that's what came out. <laughs> um, and I just stuck with it. You got to stick the I landing. I like Castlevania. You know so, <laughs> oh, good. Then you're gonna like it. Um, <laughs> you sound like the like Mike Wazowski lady Mike, from uh, yeah. Monsters Inc. What is she always watching? <laughs> Nailed it, dude. Why didn't they just hire you? Dude. If they're doing Monster University too, just fucking throw Big Josh Boy in there. I mean, I'm not going to say a dream job of mine is being a voice actor, but being a voice <laughs> I actor. I thought you are just going to leave it there. You're just like, <laughs> I'm not going to say that because it's not true. It's not true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, it would be okay. I don't know about dream job. Anyway, so uh, the actual game, though, is pretty freaking dope. Like... I'm not going to lie, it definitely looks like a Castlevania game, like I said, but for, I don't know, for what it's worth, it still looks like a lot of fun. The actual traversal in the game looks cool, the different abilities you get, the different weapons, the enemies look really, like, I don't know, they just look very well, uh, I guess, created, designed. Um, the slash and the actual you know, being pulled by that, I guess it's like a grappling hook kind of thing. Um, looks really 
really satisfying. I don't know how it actually feels, so it might suck, but it looks really cool when you're like jumping from place to place. You got this giant fist spell. You got, there's so much going on with this. Like it, I'm hoping this is something very similar to games of this nature where you get to like put points into certain things and, and go these different builds and have a bunch of different spells that you get to choose from. It kind of looks like that. There's a bunch of gruesome bosses. Like, I don't know. There's a lot to like from this. If you're into this style of game, God, this fucking giant like snake <laughs> boss battle on top of a castle looks the crazy. Hydra? Yeah, dude, that yeah. thing looks nuts. Like there's, I don't know. It, it definitely looks really fun. I think the $28 price point is a little steep. Um, at least in the context of like normal Kickstarters that you see. Um, but I also think that there's definitely a lot of love and, uh, care that went into this game. And I understand why, because I mean, the whole thing looks very, you know, hand drawn esque. uh, at least for the, the different animations to it. And it looks like there's probably a lot that went into it. I don't know. Does it say how big of a game this is? I didn't see that anywhere. Uh, might be. Like, they're like uh, how many hours they think the game is going to be? Yeah, or? yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so. But there's there's a ton of different content in here. Um, a bunch of different bosses, spells. Um, they seem to have. They they mentioned a place where they're like different environments and exploration in there. So it's obviously a Metroidvania at heart of going back and forth to different places as you get new abilities. I'm sure. Um, so I'm sure there's a good amount of hours to content, um, when you're thinking of like the price point to go into this, uh, let's see, it says September, 2021. So not a crazy far off, uh, goal. It's basically a year, um, which kind of makes sense. Cause looking at this, a lot of it seems like it's, you know, pretty flushed out and almost to a point where they could release it. Obviously I'm just looking at images and, and, you know, gameplay trailers, but a lot of it does look pretty smooth. And if they were to release something like that, I'm sure they would be fine with a $28 price point. I do wonder though, how much they're going to, uh, ask for it when like it increase. Yeah. Like when it actually comes out, cause pushing it higher than 28 seems pretty tough. Um, just with, you know, the general consensus on people being like a game's too expensive. Cause it's an indie game. So I don't know, then maybe, you know, it doesn't matter. It might only go up a few dollars. It might go up more and they can justify it because it's a great game. <laughs> Excuse me. I don't really know, but I, I do think that that's a bit high of a price point to jump off of if they're going to go, you know, much higher than that $28 tier. I think they go up to 40. You think? I think yeah. that's probably what they sell it for. Mainly because of like uh, um, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. It was forty dollars. Really, it was forty. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, thirty nine ninety nine. Oh, I thought it was thirty. Huh. Uh. Uh-uh. Yeah. Okay. Um. I let me see how much the Curse of the Moon was because that one was cheaper, I believe. It was the one that was actually like in the similar vein. Right. That one was only ten dollars. Mm. Um. The kind of like SNES style game. Yeah, it is on Nintendo Switch. Uh, Curse of the Moon. I'm pretty sure it is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh yeah, and also it works. Yeah, yeah. Um, there you I'd go. Love... It took you a while, but you got there. I, I got the joke. Uh, just five, five minutes later. Um, I like that they point out that you can interact with objects in the environment. Like he actually throws a chair, which I think is so cool. Like 
actually having yep. kind of like somewhat uh somewhat of a level of interaction with the backgrounds i think is super cool uh i think it's weird that it's like you can interact with corpses <laughs> <laughs> that's my dream Are you trying to hide them? <laughs> like <laughs> what uh i think this game looks so cool i i love the spells and abilities i think it looks awesome the combat looks really really crisp i uh, i think it looks like uh, it looks very responsive yeah. and i i will absolutely play this game i will absolutely <laughs> not spend 40 dollars or 28 dollars on this game but i will absolutely play this game because i think it looks very very cool this is something i'm gonna wait for it to come out but it is a must play. I'm absolutely going to do it because I think the spells are so cool. Like I like that it has the extra little bit like, uh, the, the last faith also provides some supportive magic spells to deal extra damage to enemies and bosses. Like the buffs, the games, uh, provides four types of spells. You got fire, ice, dark, and electric. Uh, we are constantly creating new effects and magic spells. So it seems like there's going to be a large amount of them not mm -hmm. just the four or like uh yeah the four that we see here which they are very cool um the palpatine one where you just throw lightning in somebody yeah that one's pretty, pretty interesting cool. <laughs> it reminds um, me of like the uh the punch from i forget the character's name but from street fighter 2 the guy who had like the the crazy arms I can't remember. I don't know. You got me, dude. That's okay. I, the, don't worry. The only about it. research I've done is that one oh, time yeah. when we <laughs> talked about the like thickest women in Street Fighter or something like that. Yeah, I forgot about that. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> you're you're no use to me. I also there's this magic spell where you like throw an ice fist. It seems like that or, like, ice punch fist. is so cool, dude. <laughs> It is. It's really cool, and it reminds me. Did you ever watch like the uh, the Dragon Age two cinematic trailer where Hawk goes against the? I think it was the Aeroshock, mm. um, and he like reaches into this dimensional void, and like two arms come down and grab the Aeroshock, and he tears him in two. Hmm, I don't recall. Well, it, it looks vaguely like this because okay. it's got a big fist. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think this game looks so cool. I love your character's design. I think it's awesome that he has a man bun. I don't know why I find that so awesome, but it's just that little bit of added touch. And I think, like, in a gothic horror game, for some reason, I just think your character sprite needs to look really cool. Yeah. Like, it's just kind of the staple, like, Alucard and Symphony of the Night. I, I haven't played that game, but I know he looks fucking awesome. So... I really like that four-barreled sawed-off shotgun. It looks ridiculous. Yeah, they. I I like that they have guns in this as well. I'm wondering if that's going to be like uh, like a parry mechanic similar to Bloodborne, or if it's going to be like an actual. It kind of looks like a stagger attack use. from the image right like above it. He's like attacking someone who's blocking, and then he shoots him with the gun, and his defenses are down. Basically, he like his arms go outward, so it looks like it's a, a pushback kind of a like yeah i'd assume that it's probably like a support weapon then similar to like bloodborne Maybe. um i don't know yeah it looks oh my god yeah i just saw that the four barrel pistol <laughs> yeah it's so fucking weird looking <laughs> especially because it's not like it's not like the multi-barreled pistol in like fable 2 that has the barrels in a circular formation nope. It, instead like it's hand. like fanned out yeah, yeah it looks like a hand it's so <laughs> weird 
Um, I love, and this is something that I talked about with In Existence Rebirth, you've got both a back dodge, a tactical dodge, and an evasive dodge. I love that you just have all these different movement types that you can use where you can go through people, you can go behind them, and you can avoid large attacks by doing a legitimate roll. Sounds um, like a lot of buttons. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I'm wondering how that's going to be, like how you would differentiate between the few uh, from like an input standpoint. Mm-hmm. Like, will it just be like, Maybe it's um, like one button circle depending on in like where I, you press or like when you press? I don't know. Yeah, I think it'll probably be like if you're standing still and you push circle, you probably do like uh, maybe a back dodge, maybe. And then maybe the tactical or evasion dodge is based on like where you're like D-pad, like what uh, direction you're facing kind of a thing. Right. Like what direction you're trying to move into. I don't know. But the weapons look really cool. You've got like a sword, an axe, a scythe, a whip, of course, because it's like a Castlevania esque game um a great sword and like a spear i think it looks so cool like there's so much about this game that i think looks awesome i think the enemy designs are really cool there's like a harpy that's called the vulture that has boobs that's cool um of course (laughs) this game's got some great jiggle physics Mm -hmm. um yeah there's just so much about this game that looks really cool Yeah, I think it's it's definitely a... So, I mean, I'm not usually the biggest Castlevania fan. I love Metrovanias, but for some reason I just have never really gotten into Castlevania-esques. Um, so I don't know. This isn't really, a you know, a automatic backing for me, but this is definitely one that I want to keep my eye on and see where it goes because this does have a lot of potential. You can obviously see it. Like, just the art style alone is very impressive. And with all of the different unique bosses and spells, like I'm sure this is bound to be a good time, but it's definitely just one that I'm going to keep watching and see what happens with it. Yeah. Agreed. This is definitely something I'm going to keep my eye on. Um, I hope, I, I hope beyond hopes that like nothing, like not a whole lot changes by the time this game comes out because it looks great right now. Right. I think the larger than life bosses are very cool. Um, I love the the enemy designs. I love the way that combat looks like your combo attacks. I think they both look cool and they look like they feel good, mm-hmm. which is something that's very important. Um, especially on this podcast, we often talk about combat actually feeling good. Yeah. So... Yeah, any remaining thoughts that you want to get out before we move on to our listener questions and then what we've been playing this week? So so reversed. No, I'm good. I think I think this is definitely a good one to to keep an eye on if you're a Metroidvania fan. I absolutely second that. Um so, time to move on to our audience questions. Uh Josh Nichols from that their active have. quest. <laughs> Don't you worry. I'm going to read them out to you. Uh, Josh writes in and says, do you guys remember barrel juice? I miss barrel juice. I think it's still around. I'm going to look and get some. It's spicy, but it's sweet. (laughs) 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 Oh, my God. I love him so much. He's like one of my favorite human beings. (laughs) (laughs) Barrel juice. Have you never had it before? Uh, are you talking about these hug fruit barrels? Yeah, so they're like it's it's yeah, basically just I've, like a children's like yeah, juice, I've seen these but before. instead I don't it's... think I've ever tried them though. 
Really? No. Yeah, they they're like in a plastic uh like a plastic barrel looking container with like this really like loose kind of like uh like tin foil lid to it so you could easily bust it open. It's like why would you give this to children? That's just asking for fucked up shit to happen. Yes, Josh, I do remember barrel juice. It was fucking awesome. I honestly like I kind of want to buy some. Like they sell them in my Winco. Um, I don't, I, depending on where you live, Winco is like very specific to oh, certain have, regions, but they have big versions. They have like a, an extended, like a giant barrel with one of those sippy tops on the top of it, like a water <laughs> bottle thing. What? <laughs> yeah. Similar to like how Gatorade has yes, like the, yes, exactly. They're called big hugs rather than the little hugs, which are the tiny. Oh, barrels. Ew. I do not like that. <laughs> That is so dumb. You don't like sucking they on missed... the little nip, the little barrel nip up there? Nah, they just missed what made these barrel juices so cool, which is that they looked like barrels. It you still kind of looks Since like we're... a barrel. Look at, the, look at the, the, the casing of it. Like, if you look up, just put in barrel juice. It's one of the images that comes up. It still kind of looks like a barrel, but just like a really big, long barrel, like a weird freak, yeah. freak barrel. I I looked at it. Um, while we're on the topic of like '90s juice consumption, um, were you a Kool Aid Burst kind of a guy? You know what I'm talking about? Kool Aid Burst. I know. Yeah. So look Kool-Aid. up Kool Aid Burst. I don't know about this burst. It's it's like a juice pouch that they would put out, not like a Capri Sun, but it's like a. Uh, uh, you're talking about the weird top thing, the little like corkscrew y- thing. Yeah, where you like tear off the top. Yeah, I and hated that thing. <laughs> Really? They're so good. I love them so much. I mean, I don't remember what they taste like. I just hated that top thing. It was so oh, fucking... that top is fucking terrible. <laughs> it was like you tear it off, but just pour enough to where there's that little bit of plastic still there. And every time you try to drink, it like stabs you, still... you in the yeah, tongue. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're like, can you fuck off? <laughs> I don't think that was in my vocabulary back then. But yeah, something to that nature. I've been a piece of shit my whole life, dude. That was absolutely my vocabulary in the 90s. I was five years old, and I'm like, fuck off Kool-Aid bursts. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. Fucking raging little kid. (laughs) Um, Any other uh, 90s juice pouches you want to talk about? You want to hit on some Capri Suns? Are you a Capri Sun fan? Yeah, I was a big fan of Capri Suns. That That was my jam. I had that, like... Every, I don't know. I just always had those. I don't know. As Do you a, feel weird buying them as an adult? I don't drink any of that kind of shit now. There's too much sugar in that fucking shit. Um, I may- man, who's a piece of shit now? I'm a. Well, I mean, you know, more power to you if you want to drink it. Like, I'm not knocking anyone who who enjoys Kool Aid bursts or whatever. You're but trying like, to get that me six pack. I'm trying to like get that Jake six pack Decker, like Jake. So. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no man it's too much for me i get like i get these panic attacks every so often where like i'll eat like i i don't eat dessert a lot but when i do like i'll i'll buy like a thing of ice cream and i'll have it like a couple of days in a row and i'll be like i'm i'm getting so fat i gotta stop like i fucking have these panic attacks with it like as a as a child i was a big chunky monkey and so because (laughs) of that uh i just like i was ridiculed in high school or not high school but middle school and uh early elementary school i think but like that shit like wrecked my mental so in middle school and the end of it i just got like really serious about working out and i've always been that way now like i've always had something that is my like 
I can't get fat. I can't get fat. I can't get fat. Like otherwise I just personally hate myself. I know I went on a weird tangent based on Kool-Aid, but or based on barrel juice, but like that's why I can't drink that shit. Honestly though, you have like the perfect dietary technique where you're like I liter my body literally attacks itself when I like consume Capri Suns. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. But no, when I was a kid, uh, I loved them. Yeah, and then you're like, man, I chonked out too much. I, ch- so, I did. Have you ever had a YooHoo? By oh, the way, fucking love YooHoo's. Okay, what is it like? I've never had one before, but I watched um, not the other guys, the nice guys, and uh, Russell Crowe's character is like a big fan of YooHoo, and he says it's like chocolate water, and I'm like, yes. what? Yeah, what? it's it's like it's like um. It's like chocolate milk that's missing something. <laughs> the milk? <laughs> well, yeah. But, like, I don't know. They're, I used to love these fucking things. I do remember, though, I got the cans a lot, and it would always taste a little metallic-y. <laughs> so, it, like, I, I I don't know. Cans just kind of suck in general. But, like, I don't know. I loved Yoohoo's back in the day. They were so good. Honestly, I think I got to try to fucking check out, like, a Yoohoo because I just realized the worst part about chocolate milk is milk. What? You don't like milk? Get the fuck out of I here. honestly, I think I'm, like, lactose intolerant, you if I'm fucking, being completely honest. Fucking stop being a little baby and drink. <laughs> well, I guess start being more like a baby and drink your milk. <laughs> no, I, I, do, I do like chocolate milk a lot, and I like milk a lot, but I'm pretty sure I'm, like, lactose intolerant because every time I, like, I mean, have a glass of milk or, like eat a little bit too much cheese or just eat anything with cheese i like fucking have to shit my pants i mean i'm not gonna lie like everyone's a little bit lactose intolerant like we're not supposed to be drinking milk like that's not really a thing like (laughs) after you're a child naturally you're supposed to move on to other things like there's no one else there that's like no other creature at least that i know of that's fucking just drinking milk after they're a child like we're just enjoying it because we processed it in a way where they're like oh this is sweet but it's a breakfast thing, so it's good for you. Man, you're just trying to dunk on our whole audience. You're like, if you like Capri Sun, you're a bitch. If you like, if you, if you drink milk as an adult, also I mean, a bitch. I mean, I drink milk all the time. I drink it in my coffee. I drink, I may like I eat cereal all the time. Like I definitely consume more milk than I should. But like, I have the same thing too. Like I'm probably lactose intolerant to a degree. Like if I eat more than a bowl of cereal like i eat two bowls like I'll, you know when you're like you pour a bowl of cereal <laughs> and you're like well that wasn't enough and you're like well, i gotta pull it pour another one but you're like i'm not gonna pour half a bowl of cereal what like what kind of crazy idea is that so you're like i'm gonna pour a no like another normal portion of cereal and then you're like all right i gotta put more milk in there and then you put it in and you eat that second bowl and then you're like oh my stomach i feel like i'm gonna die that's how oh, okay everyone so feels when- when you go for the second bowl of cereal, you do you drink the milk first and then you like do the whole thing over again? Mm. Or like that's always my problem with the second bowl of cereal is that I don't drink the milk first. So like oh, you can't pour I cereal would just on be top of adding, milk. That's just silly. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> like I would just be adding cereal on top of milk. I might as well just kill myself. Like I might as well just like kill somebody. I'm a psychopath. Like, I mean, maybe. I have a buddy who told me a story about that once where he he like had a buddy over and uh he was like oh do you want like cereal or something something like that they were hungry it was like really late at night and they were like let's just eat some cereal and so he goes over there and he's like all right and he pours two two things of cereal like two bowls 
but he just pours the uh, pours the milk first and then gives him the cereal. And he was like, what is your fucking problem? <laughs> yeah, dude, I wouldn't be friends anymore. I'd fucking throw the milk on him and just leave. <laughs> It's so That's weird. like a psychopath move. That's like that guy kills people now. I'm telling you right now, six people in his basement, straight up, and he's just like fucking giving them the shittiest cereal on earth. Uh, Chris Penwell writes in nice and said, "What are you guys hoping to see from the Gorilla Collective show?" Also, now nah, I'll save that one. I know, we'll just answer the Gorilla yeah, Collective yeah, yeah, yeah. right now. So we talked um, a little bit about this on like uh, a previous episode. I- I can't remember if it was like two weeks ago. I think when it was first announced, I yeah. think it was like two weeks ago. Yeah, we talked a little bit about this. For me personally, uh, my main interests are um, Baldur's Gate three. They're gonna Larian Studios is gonna talk about it. Um, the team behind West of Dead is gonna be showing off their game uh, there. So I'm hoping to get more details on when it's actually going to release and whatnot. Um, and then whatever comes from Za'um for Disco Elysium, because I want to see if there's something like new from them or if there's just more Disco Elysium content coming out. Uh, there's a, there's other indie games that I've seen but don't really know what they are because the trailer is like a, a just giant flash montage of all of these different games. I did see a card game in there that looked pretty good, you know what I'm saying? But like there's <laughs> there's there's a lot that i think is going to be interesting i think it's kind of crazy that it's like over three days um but i'm super excited for those main things but like i think there's going to be some bangers in this regardless um i honestly i'm kind of like when it comes to a lot of these events the wholesome direct was pretty much the only one i specifically wanted to make sure i watched wow. because of little witch wow. in the woods if i'm being honest wow. Like, like I said, I just don't like, you especially right now. Are you, I, are you like, even part of the games industry? Do you even, I went back up to like 40 hours games? at work. So, oh wait, really? Yeah. I went back up to 40 uh, hours at work people going and back to I've work, got they like need that coffee, you know? Yeah. I've got three podcasts. I've got, uh, my full like workload. I do editing like videos on the side, like I really kind of fucked myself mm. time-wise. Yeah. So, like, before, I didn't know? have time to watch this. Now, I literally have zero time to watch this fucking shit. Damn. Are you gonna Are you gonna stop doing IndiePod? No, absolutely not. I said I'd do this till the day I fucking die. <laughs> All we have to have is one listener, and I will do this podcast until the day I'm, like, rotting in the ground with the worms, okay? Yep, thanks, And Sam. the bugs, amongst the bugs so there you go uh what am i hoping to see indie games i don't know like i'm indie. not keeping up with it <laughs> <laughs> indie games <laughs> i'm uh, i'm just hoping to see some cool indie games like i okay do we know everything that is in the gorilla collective show like in their showcase because i would like I to see so. games that i have literally no fucking idea about okay like I, I just want something to come up and, like, blow me away. Like, uh, like honestly, I hadn't known about The Last Faith. So, like, seeing that, I was like, holy shit. This game looks fucking awesome. I want to have one of those moments. I want, like, a Little Witch in the Woods moment or, like, a frog song. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, mm-hmm. kind of like a moment where I'm blown away by the art style or something about, like, a specific indie game. But, yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to is indie games. I'm sorry. 
Nice. I'm not keeping up with it. Um, he also writes and says, also, I dare you. He dares us, okay? This guy has the audacity to not bring us on for episode 69 of <laughs> Active Quest. He's going to dare us. Quest boys. Tisk tisk. <laughs> Hey, apparently, okay, so he apologized to me off the air for not having us on. Really? That's, That's like hilarious. a joke. He was like, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. It should be, though. <laughs> and then I guess at the end of their most recent active quest, I haven't gotten to the end of it yet, but uh, because I've been listening to an audiobook of The Lord of the Rings, wow. which I have to say, wow. have you read The Lord of the Rings? Haven't read it. Nope. Okay, I'm listening to an audiobook on it, and oh my God, dude. Fucking 25 chapters in, they're like still in the Shire. I'm like, leave. <laughs> I swear to God. It's so fucking annoying. I'm like, Frodo, I, sw- I want to punch you so bad right now. They're just like, oh, yeah, we're like tucked away eating mushrooms. I'm like, literally, if you tell me one more fucking time that you guys are sitting down to eat or to rest, That's I will what murder hobbits you. do. Uh, yeah, that's apparently their entire existence yeah. is fucking resting and eating and uh, and singing. They sing so much. Like, in the movies, they don't. They sing, like, three fucking times. And in the book, they're, like, every five seconds, they're sitting down stuffing their little hobbit faces with their fat fucking feet. And they're just, like, f- spouting off a song. They're like, you know how we share information? We sing. And I'm like, don't, though. Don't. So Like, um, just shut up. Where is this tangent going? Uh, so I don't mean to cut you off, us. but I forgot what we were talking about. <laughs> uh, what I was going to say was I haven't been able to finish the Active Quest episode because I've been listening to an audiobook on The Lord of the Rings. All right. Uh, and so, but apparently at the end of their most recent episode, Chris Penwell apologizes once again for not having us on for episode 69. So I have Hilarious. to listen to the rest of it because I got to hear this caliber of an apology and then maybe... He can dare us to do something. That's okay. True. But what he has the audacity to do at this moment, because I have yet to actually see his apology or listen to it. Uh, he says, I dare you to do a top 100 indies list for your 100th episode. Will you take the challenge? Big Josh boy, what do you think? Fuck you. <laughs> that's so much a hundred is so much no nah, i mean i'm like i'm down to do it it's just gonna take a lot of time like the, so the problem with hundred lists is at that point i feel like you're really there's not hundred of them? ranking them like you're just being like i'm just gonna throw these here and like because it's more of like the top tiers instead you're like these are my top 10 games like my favorite 10 but like not in any order because like it's it's maybe it's easier for like top 10s but once you get into like 50 and 60s like how are you to say like this is clearly a 55 game but this one because of this one specific point this is a 67 game you know what i'm saying like it just it it becomes too too washed out um but i mean i'm down to try it yeah there's there's one thing that i will say we won't do is that if we do something like a special event for our hundredth episode i think we'll probably have it as like an additional episode like something like that how we do like our indie game of the year isn't the episode for that week instead it's an additional episode because like uh sacred symbols most recently had their 100th episode and i like the way that they did it because colin was like yeah i want to do something special but i want to make sure you get the same content that you get every week from us uh including like the news and the drop and everything that they had so they ended up doing like um 
like a hundred minutes of like listener questions at the end. So hmm. if we do something like special other than what we already have planned for our 100th episode, it will be like a supplementary thing. Mm. Um, what should we do? But yeah, I, I don't know. I would like to do something like the hundred indie game list is really cool, yeah. but you're so right. Like, once you get into the weeds, like once you get past twenty, you're just like, now I'm just listing noteworthy. Yeah, games. exactly. <laughs> These are games that I think are cool and you should probably play, but they're not as good to get on my top twenty. <laughs> yeah, you're like, if your indie game is one hundred, it's not because I hate it; it's just because like I was going through a list of a hundred indie games at that point. Yeah. Like, I had to Google indie games that I enjoy at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Because once you get past 10, 15, 20, then that's not off the top of your head. Right. That's like a, I have to Google indie games from the 2000s <laughs> to 2020. You're like, what games actually came out? <laughs> yeah, that's just too much. 100 is so much. That's excessive. But maybe. I don't even know. We'll get yeah, you a that's... strong maybe, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> uh samuel fillion writes in and says stormtroopers bathrooms must be a mess their aim is awful is what he means to say he says awesome but he meant awful um but <laughs> i mean depends on what what you want but yeah <laughs> yeah uh what are your most anticipated games for your backlog i've had it children of Morta for a long time four oh, months specifically play that <laughs> always wanted to play this and finally did this week it's amazing so what is like a game that is on the top of your backlog that you've been really looking forward to playing oh, that's a good question i wish i would have seen this before the episode um i wish i would have looked at the twitter that we both have access to <laughs> <laughs> i saw the first two i didn't see sam's did it come in it came in more recent right or was it it was like two like three days ago really? i think oh, it came man. in on like tuesday or wednesday yeah Damn. i don't know i remember i guess i looked too early in the week anyway um <laughs> i know i really want to check out into the breach we talked about this before and the fact that i actually have it for free like because of the epic game store uh handing it out um I know that that's a really good game. I've heard a lot of good things about it. It's not generally a style that I'm crazy about, but I just have a feeling that it's still going to be something I get into. Um, let's see. What else is on my backlog? I mean, I'm trying to think of other games. I know I really wanted to try Final Fantasy twelve because... Uh, Back in the day, I really liked it when it first came out, but it just someone had it, and I played it once, and I was like, this is interesting because it's not like a normal turn-based game, but it is turn-based. Uh, like, I don't know. I think it would be a good uh, jumping point from what I'm playing now, which is Xenoba uh, Xenoblade Chronicles because I think it has kind of a similar style to it, and I'm digging Xenoblade, even though I won't talk about it because this isn't... Uh, a mainstream line game podcast but uh yeah so i'll probably go well i guess final fantasy 12 isn't either <laughs> but regardless um yeah into the breach and final fantasy 12 i think are gonna be the ones that i say but i'm sure there's another one that i'll think of later but i'll pass for now um for my backlog games that i'm most like anticipating and want to play really badly uh there's of course like undertale is absolutely oh, one yeah, of them that's true um I want to finish Hollow Knight eventually by the time I die. One, uh, one shot I really want to play by Future Cat LLC. 
Um, I've had it for a while and I've thought the art style was so cool. So I've, I've been wanting to play it for a long time. Um, Jotun is also a game I really want to try. Um, I've, I've also had it for a long time, but just haven't like really got into it. So there are a lot of games that like are on my backlog that are, I know they're really, really good. I just haven't gotten into them yet, but Mm. I would say mostly for this podcast, the one game that is in my backlog that I absolutely, it is my most anticipated and I have to play is, um, is Undertale. I have to at some point. One day. Like it's. It's one of the most popular indie games of all time. I literally have to play it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So there you go, Sam. That is my most anticipated game from my backlog. Children of Morta, I have to say, honestly, I felt the combat was a little bit slow. I wasn't a huge fan of that. I don't know. It depends. How many did you play a bunch of the characters, though? Because like, the, the actual combat does change depending on which character you are. Yeah, I played... Um, I, I so I played as the dad who was like the first guy you get. He has a sword and shield. Tough. I feel like he's especially to start with. I feel like he was uh, a little bit just difficult in general. I feel like the bow person was a much easier like beginner uh, entry to the game. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is I, I eventually got to play as the daughter who has the bow and I thought she was really good because she also has like a role, mm-hmm. um, like a like a dodge role that I really liked. I really wanted to get to the point where I played as like the uncle or the son because I know the son got the daggers mm-hmm. and it looks like his play style is much faster, um, but I haven't gotten to that point yet. I just thought like, I don't know, it was like... I guess it was really just the dad, like his play style feels really slow, but it's mostly because he's like big and tanky. So it kind of makes sense. Um, Yeah. I got to get back to it. It's yeah. And it's pretty good. I do. One of the things I wanted to try, because I'm pretty sure that game has co-op too, which I wanted to try with someone. Mm. Uh, Speaking of co-op, let's finally get into the games we've been playing. So you and I, yeah. We're deep into this podcast, and we still got to talk about the games we're playing. So easily, this is going to take up the next two hours of our lives. Um, we have both been playing a single game, so let's talk about it like together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I will talk about uh, Evan's remains afterward. But we have both been playing Gunfire Reborn by Dooji Dao Yi. Oh yeah, I guess interactive entertainment. Limited, yeah, it's it's interesting. Gunfire Reborn, how do you feel about it, Big Josh Boy? Well, I am actually having a ton of fun with it. Um, it's I like how you say that like you know I'm not I didn't like it. I mean, <laughs> I'm gonna assume, but I mean maybe I mean tell me I'm wrong. I actually enjoy it. All right, I think it's a lot of fun. Right, there we go, there we go. Suck it. Oh. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I've actually been having a really good time with it. I love that it's a nice mashup of what seems to be borderlands and risk of rain at the same time so it is a roguelite fps where your um roguelite because as you're playing the game your character will level up and you'll be able to you know 
progressively get stronger, whether that be small power-ups in giving yourself more shield or more health or giving you new cool abilities. But as you're also playing, you're constantly defeating these uh, enemies in randomly generated environments and going into these portals, which are like little mini challenge rooms to get more upgrades or different guns or power-ups so that you can progress in that specific run. So what I mean by that is every time you play the game, you start from zero other than those level up progression pieces, but you don't have a gun other than your normal, just like regular pistol. So you have to play the game and it's random what kind of guns are gonna drop for you. So each game is going to be a little different based on what gun you get and what abilities drop. So one game, and at the end of the level, you always get to pick an upgrade. So like every game you're going to get random upgrades where you might be given upgrades that are specific to your character's abilities their skills so the main character that you have at the start is this cat character that has a explosive orb it's kind of like a, a just magic orb that you shoot out that freezes enemies and does damage and then you also have this gas grenade that'll do poison damage to people over time. So while you're playing, you might find an upgrade that's like, oh, whenever you throw that grenade, if you're in the actual poison ring or you're in that smoke from the grenade, you're going to have more HP or you're going to be, uh, you know, hard, like able to do more damage in that area of effect. Or you might just get more damage with a certain type of element so each game and each run is going to be a little bit different but one of the things that's really cool about this one is you can also play this with multiple people so it's a four person co like up to four people co-op game and the way they do difficulty and expand that is they'll just put more enemies and they'll make the enemies tankier and more uh more bullet spongy which i thought still worked fine um because it, they're bullet spongy to the to the point where if you're all shooting at them, they'll die. So you just have to be strategic about who you're going for and what's happening at that time. But I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun to play through. I think that um, as you go through it, you can tell that this is early access because, I mean, first off, it, it's a fantastic game for being early access and it's only $12. But you can tell that there aren't as many guns as something like Borderlands or there aren't as many upgrades as you would find from something like Risk of Rain 2, even though Risk of Rain 2 is also in early access, but it's had much more time to be in early access. Um, but that being said, it's still a lot of fun and still I'm, I'm finding, you know, things where it's repetition as far as the upgrades or the guns that I'm finding, but it's still fun because it's fresh and new. And as you're going into it, um, you're going to different worlds each time it's the same world, but as you progress, you get to a new environment. So once you beat the final boss in the first round, like wave of levels, you get to a new environment with new enemies and new different types of power-ups and things like that. So it's, it's been a lot of fun. Um, I was able to play it with, uh, three other people, um, for like uh, one of the sessions that I played through and I thought it was still just as great. The only thing was I was playing with a bunch of randoms. So I wish I would have actually been able to talk with people just because I think it would have been a little bit more coordinated um, and probably more fun. But like it, I still had a blast playing it and I think the game is really great for what it is at early access. I'm super hyped to see what comes of it. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Did you, did you get past the first boss? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I haven't tried to, like, play with anybody else yet, so I have yet to actually get past the first boss. Yeah. Um, 
Because he's kind of a bitch. So, like, yeah. So it depends because it, it's tough depending on the amount of abilities you get. Um, there's certain abilities. So you have this one dash move. Your character, that is one thing about the game I didn't really enjoy is you're actually kind of slow in it. Like yeah. the movement is a little clunky. Um, but to balance that, you have this dash move that comes up every like three seconds. And so... Did you like it though? I honestly found it insufficient. I don't think like, so in that first boss, he puts like basically AOEs on the ground. And even, I swear, if I jump exactly as he places it, I can't get out of it. So you, you can, but you have to be very on point with it. It is easy to screw that up. And it took me a while to get right. But at the same time, it also goes into that, like, you might get lucky with your build because there's an upgrade that I got one of the times and it allows you to have three dashes stacked up rather than wait for it to, to get. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like, I've never seen that. Right. So you have that, you have another one that lowers it. It cuts the, the cooldown in half. So it's like only a second long for your dash instead of the three seconds. So like there's things that will make that easier. Um, you also have, if you look, there's certain guns that will like slow the boss down. And so you can do that. So he doesn't have as easy of time of running to you and have that one giant punch moves where he just fucking like smacks you and kills you in one hit. But, um, but it, it just goes into like, sometimes you just get a better build and you get luckier than others, especially when you're first learning the mechanics of the game and you're not going to be able to just fly through it without, you know, uh, having those extra pieces to help you out. Um, but when you get some of those more uh, preferential skills or abilities, it's usually a little bit easier to dodge all of his different attacks. Overall, I honestly think the game is is very, very good. And like you said, great for the price and great for early access. Also, did we get this code from the developer? Yes, we did. That is a good point to, to mention. Okay. Um, so they cool. were nice enough to give us that uh, copy, uh, which it kind of sucks, though, because I want to play it with you and we only had one copy. So I'm like, fuck, I might have to just buy it myself. <laughs> yeah, I thought about like maybe playing it uh, or buying it for like on my actual account instead of the IndiePod one. But um, what I was going to say was like. I honestly, there's only a few things that I actually have like a quote unquote problem with this game. Um, like I, I think the dash is insufficient. I don't think it's enough, honestly, but it is cool that you can actually get like power ups and stuff for that. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. those not being like permanent because I did not see anything like that in the level tree that you can do at the end. Um, makes it kind of annoying especially because the abilities that you get like the abilities you get to choose from are random so it's like entirely based on luck whether or not that is actually like a good ability um i think your jump eats shit too i like you barely lift off the ground it fucking sucks Uh, But I will say, if you combine the two, it actually makes it a lot better. So if you combine your jump and your dash, I think it's... Yeah, it's way better. Um, And the two other things I don't like are just kind of like quality of life things that I would like to see. One, the ability to aim down the sights. I hate that you can't do that, and I hate that you only can do it if it's a weapon skill. That's so fucking annoying. I hate it so much. That it's only with, like, the one gun or the ones that have sights or that specific weapon skill. I hate it. Yeah. And I I do agree with that. And it's interesting because it's not explicitly, or at least I didn't see it, but it's like 
normally, especially on any FPS, you would shoot with that left button, the left mouse click, the right mouse click would zoom in so that you can actually look down the barrel of the gun. And so I kept doing that with every gun until I figured out that, oh, it just doesn't work for others. And then I randomly accidentally hit it on like a poison dart gun. And instead it shot out three, three or four poison darts right away. Unloaded the full clip. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? Why is like, I don't know if that was just me not reading that, but I was like, why does this gun just randomly have this cool ability, but like none other of them do. And then one has the scope ability. It was a little strange. No, certain guns have weapon scales, so that's what that right click is for. Mm. So when you pick them up, um, it actually, like, it'll have, like, a little badge, like a little icon Mm. that when you, like, look at them, uh, you can check out their weapon scale in your inventory. And, like, by clicking the right button, it basically just does that weapon skill. So, like, I know exactly what guns you're talking about. Like, uh, that, that poison dart gun, its ability is to just unload your entire clip at like within a second so that's what that right click does it helps at times um but not all guns have weapon skills i just wish that i could fucking aim down the sights i find it so annoying that you can't do it and when you do it with the sniper rifle there's generally like i'm so slow that like no, I can't get, get out of the way of fucking projectiles, so I end up just getting fucked and can't really do it anyway, so I just avoid the sniper rifle, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but then the last thing that I don't enjoy about it is that there's not a melee attack. I think that uh. that would really increase the like combat flow for me, because I'll have... Like, enemies that come close to me, and I'm like, God, I wish I could just punch them, or something. <laughs> like... This game is, like, its art style isn't entirely based in, like, uh, like kind of, like, it's not samurai. It's, like, like old, it's, like, an old kind of Chinese aesthetic. It's very, like, Eastern. Um, yeah. It reminds me a lot of, like, World of Warcraft's Mist of Pandaria expansion. Um, I guess you could also say it's, like, Kung Fu Panda. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> like, it's so interesting that, like, they chose an art style that is like when people think about it i mean however you want to look at it when people think about like eastern culture they think about like martial arts basically it's like sadly a stereotype but then like you don't have a melee attack (laughs) and it really bothers me um the true struggle oh i also hate that you can't switch out your original weapon I get that it's nice to have it because it has unlimited ammo, but when I only have three weapon slots, it's really fucking annoying. Yeah. Yeah, I I do agree. I wish I could just get rid of that one because I'm like, if you're going to let me have three different types of ammo, why not just let me have three different types of gun for each one? And also, it's so weak. You can't up like you can't upgrade it. Yeah. Even the vendor that allows you to upgrade weapons will not allow you to upgrade that weapon. It's just for so shooting like, pots in the corner. Yeah, it's honestly it's so fucking annoying because I'm like it's literally just a waste of space. <laughs> You're just taking up my inventory slot for no reason. But otherwise, I think the game is very, very cool. Um, I think it does actually have a large dearth of weapons to choose from. The interesting thing I found about it is that you actually have to do certain things in the game to unlock the capability of getting certain yeah, weapons. Yeah, that's a good point. So, like, yeah, you there were certain guns, like a minigun that takes normal ammo, which I absolutely adore. It fucking shreds. <laughs> I, I was, like, wondering why I 
couldn't get that early on or like why I hadn't seen it before. But then I realized that it was actually like I had to do a certain thing. It's like kill 75 crossbow people and then you unlock the ability to get this weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a little weird, but it basically like I thought that was cool how as long as you continue to play, you increase the amount and the variety of guns that you can get. Mm -hmm. So like your next, um, your next run through this dungeon more than likely will not be the same because you have like a high capability of getting a gun that you literally could not have seen before. Right. I think that's very, very cool. Um, and I also like that there's like the armory where you can actually look at all the guns so if you like click on the armory, you can look at every gun in the game and you can like check out um, their like I think you could check out their weapon skills and I think you could check out also how you unlock them. Yeah. I think that's kind of cool. Um, did you get to level 30 and you unlock the second character? No, yet? I haven't. I haven't been able to play the dog yet. I definitely want to get there because I like his ability. He has fucking dual wield. Yeah, the dual wielding thing sounds really cool. Um, but no, I haven't had a chance to try that out yet, which it's a, it's a shame because it it was a little annoying that it was like the four of all of, uh, the party that I was playing with and we were all like level 10, level 20. And so it was just all of us as the same character, the cat character. And I was like, I kind of wish we could have just played the dog at any level, but I understand the whole point of like progression and pushing you to play things to unlock characters and whatnot. But if you've only got two, like come on just give us the second one <laughs> i mean i i get like i i understand progression and like but they do it with guns so i feel like they do it well enough yeah. um and they well, think- they also like have progression mechanics with the like end of uh, the end of each level where you spend the like spirit tokens or whatever they're called to then um to then like increase your abilities and stuff like that. I just think the, and I also think it's totally fine if you have it to where like, Oh, you have to get to a certain level to unlock a character. I think that's cool. But level 30, yeah. holy yeah, shit. That's pretty, it that's is pretty so far up. high, but it's, I think it does. Like, I know the reason I don't know why 30. Cause yeah, it does seem high, but the reason why is definitely because the cat character is more of a beginner class. Like you can see just, in the fact that the dog does not have as much shield and is more of like guns blazing type character, that this is for people who are a little bit more skilled in the game. And one of the things is uh, that's really cool from what I've, I've read is you're going to keep those points that you're stacking into the cat character other than the skill specific abilities. So if you like upgrade the cat character's health and shield and uh, ammo capacity, those carry over to the dog as well. So you'll still get those bonuses. Oh, I really like that. I also have to say something that I really love about the game is it's like enemy and character design. I love the like cats and dogs and like pandas. The terracotta warriors look really cool. Mm. The only one I don't enjoy is like the weird enemies with like cube heads that run at you. (laughs) I think they're ugly. Yeah. The little Um, chant. They're like... Yeah, and then they like blow up. It's so weird. But the boss design, I've only seen the first one, but he's so cool. Yeah. He has like that like rocket gauntlet basically that just fires at you. It's so awesome. But I have yet to beat it because he just fucking stomps my ass every time. Well, maybe I'll buy it so that uh, I can actually play with you on that account so we can get through it together. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's, I honestly, I like the game a lot. I think it's a lot of fun and I could see me playing like a decent amount more of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't, I can't wait to like play as the dog because like, I get it. It's a harder, like, I like the way the risk of rain did it or not risk of rain. Um, the way that Slay the Spire did it where all you had to do was like get to a certain point with the ironclad and then you unlocked the like the the witch doctor-esque character and then you just had to beat the first boss with that and then mm-hmm. you unlocked the like weird robot. Well, I, I mean, liked that. You didn't beat the first boss, so, you know, I guess you wouldn't have the well, dog. Well, no. Oh, pff, but if I could fucking get it from beating the first boss, that would be cool, but instead I'm extremely discouraged by the fact that it's level 30. <laughs> I don't know and i gain like one or two levels every run through like it's just gonna take forever you'll get there it won't just keep playing you'll get good yeah you'll I'm beat like more level... you'll get more experience on the next run and you just uh you keep getting better and better and then you're a dog that's how yeah, life I think works I'm like level 10 right now so ah, you're not too far i'm just you're third of the way there just... <laughs> no time for that uh any last thoughts on gunfire reborn go get it go play it it's fun I absolutely agree. I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, so let's talk about Evans Remains by Maiten. Uh, M-A-I-T-A-N 69. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, is by, I believe, Matthias Schmied. I, I don't know if I said that name correctly, but I think I did. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a copy of this from the developer. I should say right now, one, um, make sure if you're listening to this the day after this goes live. So this goes live on Friday. Uh, on Saturday, we will be concluding our If Found giveaway. So make sure you go there and you enter to get a copy of If Found. I talked about it last week. You can also check out the most recent episode of, or not the most recent, I believe the episode before the most recent episode of After Dark. Michael Heim talks about how he played If Found. Yeah. And... It, it, he covered it very well. Uh, I would very much recommend checking out that giveaway. But also, after that ends, we will be doing another giveaway for Evans Remains. So keep your eyes peeled on our Twitter, at IndiePod, and enter that giveaway. Damn, this game, how do we get so many games? It's it's kind of nice. Like Indie developers are pretty cool with it. So I was just like, hey, if you give us an extra copy, we'll give it away and help spread the word. And it seems like they're very open to that fact. So keep an eye on our Twitter. We're going to be doing, like, we've done three giveaways so far. Every time I reach out to a developer for a code, I ask for a giveaway code. So just keep an eye out. We're pr- going to be doing more giveaways in the future. But Woo. Evans Remains, I think it is very fun. I think... It is, in a sense, bare bones, but I think it's very fun. So it's, the gameplay loop is constant. So what you do is, you are a girl named Dysis who goes to an island, like a very sketchy island that is very secretive. Like, everything about this game is very secretive. Mm -hmm. Uh, The story is, like, very ambiguous and hard to follow at times but it's very interesting so i like want to get into it but you go to this island to try to find a like a guy or a kid that has disappeared and was apparently incredibly intelligent developed some sort of teleportation technology and you are on this island to try to find this person because you are seemingly the only one who can which is weird you were hired by like 
this uh, technology company, mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. company that specializes in special inventions, to come find him because apparently you're the only one who can do so. You show up on this island and you have to solve like miscellaneous platforming puzzles to then move to sections where you get small story bits and then you solve two more puzzles and then you get a story bit. Two more puzzles, you get a story bit. It's kind of weird and it literally like... I can't say it literally follows that path because there are times where like you'd solve two puzzles and then you just like kind of look at an environment and Dysis would say something like, oh, cool, that looks nice. And then you do like two more puzzles and then you talk to somebody and it furthers the story. And it's like, okay, so it's roughly the same structure. Um, but the reason I say it's bare bones is because it's that literally every time, literally every time. And the puzzles are, they're not exceptionally hard. Um, It actually even gives you an option in the menu to just skip the puzzle that you're currently on if you have a problem with it. Hmm. Um, I feel like that's mostly because, like, the story is really what you're going to be playing this game for because it's very, very interesting. Mm -hmm. And I really want to know what happens. Um, Especially because, like, I don't want to ruin anything, but it brings in, like, eternal life and all sorts of stuff and there's like a character who's very ambiguous and you know literally nothing about him and you're like what the fuck are you doing here it's it's really interesting um it's but like i said it's kind of hard to follow at times the the puzzles themselves are just miscellaneous jump puzzles where you kind of just try to eliminate like certain platforms so you uh there will be these blocks that you jump on that basically teleport things in and out of where they currently are so like if i jump on a block um a platform will appear or disappear and then if i jump on it again that will like let's say if it appears the first time i jump on it when i jump on it a second time it'll disappear and then if i jump on it again it'll reappear so it only has like the two options pretty much at least initially Mm -hmm. um you only have the two options but then if you jump from the like uh the little block that you're on to the platform and then jump off of it it will actually change which one it appears on so let's say there's like two platforms that when you jump on the block both of them disappear if I then t- jump from the block onto a platform and then jump off of said platform, it will actually go in the opposite. So if I jump back on the block, it will show up when the other one disappears and vice versa. So it makes it kind of interesting. Like at times I've had to like, um, like jump on a block and jump off and it'll disappear right as I jump off of it. But I just had to use it to get to a higher height to then get onto a different platform to then jump off of it to get over this large pillar that's literally always blocking these monoliths. Sorry, I hit my mic. Um, (laughs) It's... It's very interesting. Uh, and then later on, it adds in like little additional bits of puzzle solving where like then you get these teleportation blocks, which will teleport you to like um, they have like it's like a blue icon on it that will then teleport you to the next uh, blue icon that will also probably have another one of the like teleporting blocks that allows you to like teleport platforms in and out. So you have to like work between two different um like planes it's very cool um 
I, I, I don't think it's exceptionally hard. So if you're looking for like a game with really difficult puzzles, I don't think this is like really difficult. Um, like I said, I, I think it's mostly in the story in the art. I think the art is absolutely beautiful. I love the pixel art. I think it looks great. I, this is one of the few games where I actually don't like the overlay art when like you uh, are talking to people. I think it's just far different. So like the pixel art looks really, really crisp. It looks very good. I love it. And then the overlay art just does not really do it for me. Um, sometimes I think the characters just look ugly and I'm Damn. not a fan well, there's just, like, this one, like, scientist character, and he's just ugly. And I'm like, what's up, dude? Not cool, man. Like, you, your design just looks weird. And then Dysus's, like, car- like, her overlay looks odd at times. Like, she has this weird pointy nose. <laughs> um, it's just, it's very odd. I don't like the overlays, which is kind of, like, different. Like, a lot of games I've played before, I very, very much enjoy the... Uh, like the conversation overlays this is the one that i don't um but yeah i i think the game is a lot of fun i would very much recommend entering our giveaway to play it and i would actually check it out i believe it's uh, around like 12 to 15 dollars it's not very much um and it is a very interesting ride it's actually going to be showcased i guess in the gorilla collective mm-hmm. so i thought that was kind of interesting um i'd check it out i think it's a lot of fun i think it's worth the money um there are times when, like, I just want to, like, the story is what's keeping me going, but at times the blocks of text just go on forever where I'm just like, let's just get through it. You guys are being, like, unnecessarily vague. Just fucking say what you're going to say so I can get to the next puzzle, so I can understand what's happening in this story because I really hate it when people, like, refuse to say something. Like, She's keeping her name a secret. And I'm like, just don't. Just fucking tell them what your name is. Like, I'm I'm sick of it. You're creating unnecessary drama. And it's so fucking annoying. Like, I just hate it when that happens. Like, it happens a lot in anime. It's very annoying. But, uh, yeah, I, I like Evan's Remains. I think it's a good game. And I think everybody should check it out if you're a fan of, like, uh, just story in general. Um, or, like, puzzle platformers. I... I don't think it's an amazing puzzle platformer, but I think it has a very interesting and uh, somewhat unique story. So I would check it out. Um, But yeah, that is the end of this episode. Thanks everyone so much for listening. I think we just went over two hours. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. two hours and four minutes. It's been quite a run and I totally forgot to do any timestamping other than those games. So (laughs) Mobby. (laughs) I didn't even realize that. I know. I I don't know why. Like I thought about it the minute we started doing the games, like what we've been playing and I was like, whoops, gotta go back and check Uh, Last last week I didn't do timestamps because it was all garbled. Well, it was gargled and like we cut out and put in oh, things. Oh, that is true. So, yeah, everything was fucked. Everything's fucked. Yeah, so I was like, I'm just not even gonna do timestamps. I'm not gonna worry about it. It's weird. So yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I can quickly go back and find that uh, later. So no worries. Um, and send quick shout out as far as something to come. Um, I was able to get an interview with the one of the game designers for The Unliving. So this is a game that's slated to come out in 2021. It's a game where you're essentially 
a necromancer who's uh, killing people and then raising people from the dead to do your bidding. Um, and I'm not too sure, uh, like, 100% on the story of it. I still have to look into it, but it looks super cool. I really like the art style to it, and I like the idea of being able to run amok and have a bunch of minions to do your bidding uh, as a game style so we'll be doing that i have that slated for this weekend so hopefully that'll come up next week if i can get everything to go down smoothly so keep your ears peeled it sounds awful (laughs) (laughs) yes that's disgusting (laughs) that's awesome i'm so glad that we got that because i remember you saying that they were like super busy yeah they couldn't do it but i guess they found time looks like they can yeah i don't know awesome i'm happy I'm very excited to hear about it. Uh, that's it for this episode. Thanks, everyone, so much for listening. If you'd like to chat with us outside the show, you can follow me at Hyde Legion on Twitter. You can follow the podcast at IndiePod. Make sure you follow us at IndiePod so you can get our giveaway notifications, so you can uh, get reminders on our shows. You can participate with questions, which you can also email at IndieIncursionPodcast at gmail.com if you want to write out a big one. Um, you can always do that. Yeah, if you want to run into the show in a big way, do that. Um, <laughs> and you can follow Josh at the underscore George 90. Is there anything else you want to shout out before we hop off here? Uh, no, I think that's all that I have. Uh, unless you want to check out the other uh, indie dev reviews that we've done. Um, but otherwise, yeah, just stay safe out there. Awesome. There you go. Thanks, everyone, so much for listening. And we will talk to you next week. Bye, fam. <laughs>